It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 23rd of July. We're playing basketball today. And everybody wants the Jazz. Are they right? Are we really the easy answer for everyone? Plus, reminding you where everyone on the Jazz sit. It's time to play basketball. It's locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. And hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Holy smokes, the numbers are skyrocketing this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Glad to have you back. Glad to have your Jazz fandom done. I know the world's still different and all sorts of things, but you're fitting locked on Jazz back into your podcast schedule. In fact, yesterday was one of our kind of bigger days of the year. So thank you so much. Uh, for tuning in. Thanks so much for taking in the uh, series we've been running this week on just kind of what matters in the bubble. Is anyone else really, really tired of this constant, uh, the team everybody wants to face is the Utah Jazz? I get it. We don't have 21 point a game Boyan Bogdanovich. That makes sense to me. I get it. We weren't great this year, but we do have the fourth best record in the West. And the common thread to who we are is Rudy Gobert. So stop it. Stop it, everyone. Keep telling everybody you want the Utah Jazz. I get it. We've lost the altitude home court advantage. We've lost 21 points a game. It's an easy, simple analysis to the Utah Jazz to say, you know what? In the playoffs, the team I want to play is the Jazz. And frankly, to some extent, it's a compliment to the other teams. I'm not saying that the Zach Lowe's and the everybody else who says this are negligent, wrong, or because frankly, losing Boyan's a big deal. The bigger issue to me is if Mike Connolly leaves during the middle of the playoff series because his wife's giving birth to a baby, which is totally understandable. I think that's a bigger problem to me for this team. But what I think is being forgotten about the Utah Jazz as we head into playing basketball again today is the fact that this team's core element is Rudy Gobert. And that as I have tried to tell everyone and tried to hold to and tried to make everyone understand, Rudy Gobert is one of the single most impactful players in the NBA. And as we move into the bubble basketball, he will still be just as impactful. And everyone is trying to say, well, the game's changing away from Rudy. No, no, no. The game's changing away from bad bigs. The game's changing away from guys that can't impact the game at the rim on the offensive or defensive end. But for players who do impact the rim at the offensive or defensive end, they're more valuable than ever before. They might take some creativity on how to use. They might take some working with to make sure they understand that touching the ball all the time is not going to happen the way defenses have changed. Doesn't mean it's easy. But the value of Rudy Gobert is going up, not down. And the core to the Jazz, when they beat the LA Clippers, 
when Joe Johnson hit the great shot and Gordon Hayward was on that team, still was Rudy Gobert. And the core of the Utah Jazz when they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder and got past the Thunder and got out of the first round was Donovan Mitchell was great, but was Rudy Gobert. And that core piece of the Utah Jazz, one of the 10 most impactful players in the NBA, is still on this roster. And while, yes, losing Bojan's a big deal, and yes, losing Altitude's a big deal, and I'm getting on Denver for it too. So that's not, I'm not trying to say in any way, shape, or form that those, those analysis are wrong. It's forgetting the impact of Rudy Gobert. We lose 20 points a game from Boyan Bogdanovich. That's an issue, but Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, I think, are going to pick that up. We're going to see a little bit more out of Jordan Clarkson. The Jazz are the number one offense in the NBA since December 24th. By a decent margin. They might slip a little, but they're going to get better defensively without Boyan on the floor. So they might get a little bit better. Quinn Snyder's egalitarian offense often puts pick and roll in Boyan Bogdanovich's hands, which is great because he's averaging 21 points. It doesn't mean he's not very good at that. That's not what he's great at. We've got problems. We're missing 31 minutes of Boyan Bogdanovich. We're super thin. Where those 31 minutes are coming from is going to be kind of crazy. It's probably 18 minutes of Emmanuel Moutier and six more minutes of George Niang and four more minutes of... Joe Ingles, and five more minutes of Royce O'Neal. And yeah, we get really thin. We still got Rudy Gobert. We still have the most impactful defensive player in the NBA. And I think we got a Rudy Gobert that's on a mission. No team in the NBA defends shot selection better than the Utah Jazz. When you look at... At the NBA, and you look at team shooting, the best defensive shooting is taking place against an, is Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz. Location, effective field goal percentage, the Jazz are 52.3, number one in the NBA. Brooklyn's two, Milwaukee's three, it matters. The one thing the Jazz don't do particularly well is defend the long two. Okay, great. Quinn Snyder said yesterday, we're going to try to make sure that they aren't warm-up shots. But we deny shots at the rim, and we deny shots from three. The Jazz allow the fourth-fewest amount of shots at the rim and the fifth-fewest amount of threes and the second-fewest amount of corner threes. That's a winning formula. That means you're three or four points ahead every day when the game starts. That's because of Rudy Gobert. And we still have that. So I get it. I get everyone. You got to have somebody. And it makes sense on the surface level. But let's not forget the core of everything that has made the Jazz wildly successful for the last few seasons. And that is a seven-foot-one, two-time defensive player of the year who probably should be a three-time defensive player of the year, as I talked about with Ben Golliver on Locked on NBA today, Rudy Gobert. And that's what we still have. So everyone can dismiss the Utah Jazz as we start playing basketball again right now, but let me remind everyone that that core piece is still there and that's still who we are. And offensively, I'm not too worried about us. 
Because over the years, if you look at our offensive lineups, when we did not have both Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert on the floor at the same time, our offense under Quinn Snyder has been great. It's just been great. Every or or, or very, very good, right? Like go with that. Doesn't have to be great. Okay? Like in night in with Rudy Gobert on the floor and Derek Favors off the floor in the 16-17 season, our offense was in the 77th percentile, 112.1. In the 17-18 season, it was in the 72nd percentile, 110.2. In the 18-19 season, as they suddenly figured out the dunking game, it was 110. Uh, wait a sec, in the 18-19 season, there we go, it was a 114.7, 85th percentile. And then this year, with Rudy Gobert on the floor, sorry, I have to do a filter because I Derek favors off the, it's a 114.0, 81st percentile. There's a common thread there too. Whenever Rudy Gobert is on the floor with a stretch floor, our offense is fine. Yeah, missing Boyan's a big deal. But our offense has been fine, no matter who we had. And you know who our stretch fours were? Those other... Let, can I remind you of who the stretch floors were in 17-18 when Rudy Gobert was on the floor without Derek Favors? Jonas Jarebko? Boris Diaw? Jay Crowder? Tabo Cephalosha? Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, gonna be fine. Manuel Moutier power forward is going to be fine. Wasn't like we've had a litany of unbelievable stretch fours next to Rudy Gobert while the offense has been good every single year. So as long as Rudy Gobert is on the floor offensively, rolling to the basket with a spread floor, we've been in the 77th percentile or better every single year offensively. And as long as Rudy Gobert is on the floor defensively, in the 17-18 season, we were in the 97th percentile. In the 18-19 season, we were in the 91st percentile. In the 19-20, this season, we're only in the 77th percentile. Okay, we've been a little less good defensively. But I bet you we get better at that without Boyan. So I got it. Let's just keep it our little secret that maybe it's not going to be that easy to knock the Utah Jazz out of the playoffs. Just a thought. Just a little thought for everybody. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. We're going to go back. I'm going to run through a bunch of jazz player stuff here in just a second. Kind of remind everybody where everybody stands. Thanks to Intercap Lending for sponsoring the show. Thanks to Steve Carter at Intercap Lending for just being one of the great partners we've ever had. And the reason I say that is because what's so super about Steve Carter in what he does is the reaction of locked on jazz people after they've used Steve Carter. The references, the feedback, it makes me so happy because Tom Ferguson writes, 
Heard about Intercap on Locked on Jazz, so I gave them a try when we went to refinance. Our situation was a little more complicated because we're a small business owner. Steve Carter was amazing to work with, always super play, extra communicative to let me know exactly what was going on. Would certainly recommend them. John Jay says, Intercap Lending was amazing. Steve Carter was our loan agent. That helped us purchase our home, and we far exceeded our expectations. Our realtor was a disaster. Steve stepped in and helped facilitate negotiations and helped us close on a new home. They were able to beat all other competitors' rates and just did an amazing job during the entire process. If you're thinking of using them, stop looking elsewhere. You have found the best. Ben Crosby, Steve, and the team at Intercap were excellent. Feedback was timely. Process was smooth. The rate was much better than where I shopped. Marshall McCauley, what a phenomenal experience with Intercap lending. It just never stops. That's what makes Steve Carter so great. So feel free to reach out to Steve Carter at Intercap Lending and find out more. Make sure you tell Steve that you are with Locked On Jazz. He will give you our corporate rate. We've done that for you. And if you're looking to refinance, they're great. Uh, I can give you all the other reasons, but let's just let Steve take it from here. So give Steve a call. 385-885-28. 385-885-28. Intercap Lending. NMLS number 19-0465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Steve Carter's number again. 385-885-28. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. So yesterday I prepped for the game. Or started prepping. Really strange. Didn't remember anything. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to review where we were. Now, maybe you guys all know these things and remember them. And I just have bad memory. It's why I used to do empty the noggin so I'd remember. So we were playing pretty well. We had our sixth best defensive game of the year against the Boston Celtics. Uh, and the best game we'd had since December, uh, January 20th. We'd won five of our last six. We'd swept the four-game road trip, had just lost at Toronto. Our offense was cooking. We were the number one catch-and-shoot team in the league, the number one open three-point shooting team in the league, and the number one offense since December 24th. Number one in drives, and we're trying to do more of that than we've done before, just literally getting the ball up, driving, penetrating, breaking, and kicking. We were the number four in picks and number 11 in handoffs. So that was kind of still hadn't changed our game. 
What's interesting for all our talk about trying to speed up and playing faster, we played the most half-court possessions of any team in the NBA. We were the eighth best of that. What we weren't very good at is when we got in the break. I'm sure you remember this, but our season changed December 23rd. We cut Jeff Green, changed, traded Dante Exum, and acquired Jordan Clarkson. Since then, the offense was number one in the NBA. The defense was 18th. Our differential was fifth best. We were the fifth best team in the NBA. Our schedule had been maybe not the toughest, and we were just about to embark upon this like great test of a schedule to find out what was going on. Turnover rate was better. We are 17th in the league. Offensive rebounding was 11th. Defensive a field goal percentage was 9th. And we had a good foul rate. We just were not turning people over at all. The reason our defense was 18th in the NBA is we were not turning people over. At all. If you remember, we had a ball movement problem all season long. In October, we'd only thrown 274 passes per game. November, we took it from 274 to 298. We got it to 303 in December. And then by January, we got it to be the third most amount of passes in the NBA. Um, so we had kind of finally picked up our passing of the basketball. Sorry, I just got a note about our scrimmage broadcast today. As you could tell, I just got distracted. February, I don't know where we were in passes. I'll have to look at that. I don't have that in my notes. A few other notes for you. Rudy was tied for first in the league at 7.2 screen assists a game and 13.1 uh, contested shots per game. He was second to Brooke Lopez. This is where things get interesting. Donovan Mitchell's taking 20 shots a game. Boyan's taking 15. Conley's 12. Clarkson's 12. Gobert's 9. Ingles is 7. Where do Boyan's 15 shots go? I would guess Conley jumps to 16. Clarkson jumps to 16. Donovan jumps to 22. That's 10 of them. Joe Ingles grabs another two or three. We'll see who Manuel Moutier grabs two or three. Here's why, while we're going to miss Boyan, what we're really missing is his early offense. He had the most possessions of anyone on the team in transition. His ability to go one-on-one when necessary. Okay? His corner three-point shooting. And his overall disposition and clutchness. Okay. Joe Ingles, if he's willing to play off the ball, gets those corner three shots. Joe Ingles, if he's willing to run, gets those early offensive three-point shots. We'll be see, we'll see. Those are not. Joe's wanted the ball in his hands this year. He's been great at it. He leads the team in assists. He's got. He's going to have to adjust out of that in lineups where Boyan's not in the game, where he's playing Boyan's role. We're going to miss Boyan's isolation, and we're going to miss Boyan's grit. Pick and roll, though. Our best pick and roll is Ingles and Gobert. Our second best pick and roll, despite all the talk, is Gobert and Donovan. Our third best pick and roll is Conley and Gobert. Our worst pick and roll is Boyan and Gobert. We were doing that about five times a game. Distribute those out a little bit. We actually get better offensively. So that will be interesting to see of whether or not we can do those things. 
All right, let's go to individual players. Mike Conley was coming off a 25.3 rebound, 5 assists, 6 of 10 from 3 game against the Boston Celtics. He was 17 of his last 35 from 3. He'd had 5 assists in 5 of his last 6 games. The Jazz were plus 34 with Mike Conley on the floor the last 6 games. Since February 1st, when his minute restrictions had been lifted, Mike Conley was averaging 17 points, four rebounds, five assists, 46% from the floor, and 44% from three. We get that. We're fine. And by the way, as I mentioned, we still have Rudy Gobert in the middle. Like, you go, we go get that. We're okay. This is the lowest usage rate from Mike Conley in his career since the 2012-2013 season. And that has been the adjustment. His three-point shooting before he left, fabulous. We'll see if it continues. Donovan, for all the talk, everything's up. Field goal percentage is better. Effective field goal percentage is better. Free throws are up. Rebounds are up. Assists are up. Points are up. He had four straight games of 30 or more before the road trip. And I will say it is interesting to look. I don't know anything. I'm not an expert on this. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I just watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. For those of you who watch that show, you'll get it. This one's interesting to me. So we don't, because Donovan was asymptomatic, we have no idea when he ever got coronavirus. But Donovan had four straight games of 30. Then in Cleveland, we blew him out, and he had a fine game. He had 19 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. New York, he goes 9 of 21, 1 of 7 from 3. Boston, he goes 3 of 15. Coronavirus is pretty rampant, by the way, in this. but this Not rampant, but like New York, it was a hobby. He had a pretty decent game against Detroit, 8 of 14. And then against Toronto, he was 4 of 16. With only 11 points. He had two 11-point games in there. Like, if I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh, he's sick. Like, I, I mean, seriously, like, you don't have... Like, Donovan had the at-Denver game where he was, like, one of 12, and you're like, oh, well, something's wrong, right? Like, he had 30 two nights before that. Maybe he was tired, and it was a back-to-back out of San Antonio. But I think, you know, like, I'd also look at that and be like, oh, he must have, like... Right? In Charlotte this year, he goes two of nine... He has four points in 22 minutes. He doesn't play in Washington because he's sick. Like when Donovan has a game like that, it's not because he's, it's because there's something wrong with him. I don't know that that's the case, but it was sure interesting to look back at his game blocks. Like if you don't, I don't have any other time where Donovan goes three of 15 and four of 16 and don't look at it later and go, mm, something was wrong. Right? Like there's a few Miami and San Antonio have caused him problems over the years. A few games where he, but not often, not twice. So that, 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 you know, who knows? We'll never know. But I thought that was interesting, at least. Post-January 1, Donovan, last year rolling. Post-December 1 this year, he's hitting the floater. He was at 53% on the floater post-December 1. Before that, he was at 34%. So he'd really improved that aspect of his game. Pretty impressive. We'll continue to to look at all this, break it all down, give you some notes on some of the other players as we continue through on this game day, all right, scrimmage day, edition of Locked on Jazz. If you're a small business owner, uh, there are things you want to do and things you don't want to do. You want to run your company. 
probably means you're not that fired up about doing HR and you're not that fired up about doing IT. Those are like the things. So let me talk about IT. SOS Support is a Utah company, 17 years in the business. Scott and Jason built SOS so they can help any business. They have hybrid plans starting at just $10 per computer. Fully outsourced plans that are customized to your business and can provide supplement IT support for existing IT departments. Great example are small businesses. KT Tapes, a Utah County company, started small, started to grow, had data. People are buying things from them. All of a sudden, banks are starting the process to make sure you're secure. Financial institutions are requiring companies to have all their security and their data. You got to take steps. You can't be behind cloud partners. Since, oh no, oh my gosh, we got all, it's going to, it could bury you. You're no longer running your company. You're no longer marketing. You're no longer making your product better. So KT Tape brought in SOS support. And they became their whole partner. Unbelievable when you talk to the people at KT Tape, what they talk about, what the guys at SOS support Scott and Jason did. They're not here to just fix your printer. They're passionate about your business. They're going to take care of your IT so you can do what you're great at. Make sure your network's secure, that no one's going to hack, no backup solution. They're going to take IT from a hassle to something you're not worrying about is executing perfectly and your company's taking off. Like, you, you can't be hit with ransomware. Your firewall can't be old. You can't, you, you, got, you, you can't be playing catch up on this. So give SOS support a call. 801-563-9700. 801-563-9700. Ask for Scott. Ask for Jason. 801-563-9700. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right, running through, updating, rewinding, reminding everybody where certain jazz players were. Boyan Bogdanovich, we won't see, but he was great. Royce O'Neal was going to have to be, is going to have to be a rebounding master for the jazz. And he had been. He had seven or more rebounds in four of the last six, five of the last eight, and six of the last ten. What's interesting about Royce is he shoots the three at 45% at home and 36% on the road from three. The one little, and and he's vital. In wins, Royce shoots 49% from three. In losses, he shoots 26%. The one little concerning thing, it might be good, is if you remember last year, All-Star break, Royce shoots 44% from three, and post-All-Star break, he shoots 30% from three. This year, the same thing had started to happen. 
He had begun to slip. Now we've been on the road. So we'll see whether or not this restart gets his shot back, gets him going. That'd be great. By the way, he's much better angle left than he is angle right. So keep an eye on that. But he's another one of our 40% catch and shoot three-point shooters. And the biggest thing about Royce is he's always stepped up, right? 11 points per game in the playoffs last year. When it mattered, he's got it going. Rudy Gobert, 206 dunks this year. Seems down from last year, but it's up compared to the league. His 76% at the rim is a career high, but he'd only been getting six shots a game since the All-Star break. So in the 10 games prior to the All-Star break, he was only getting six shots a game. It'll be interesting to see if the Jazz can find ways to find Rudy again. Happy Valley Australia's Joe Ingles. True shooting percentage on the road, 62%. At home, 53%. Maybe the bubble's going to be the best thing ever for him. Three-point shooting, 43% at home. Or on the road, 36% at home. He'd been distributing five of the last six games. He had six or more assists. Remember on December 1st, Joe was shooting 29% from three. Since then, he was 44% from three. However, something funky was going on with Joe. He'd only been in double figures four of the last 23 games, averaging just seven points a game. He'll be back in the starting lineup, 11 points a game, 43% from three, right on his career average as a three-point shooter. As we've talked about a lot, his whole evolution is he went from being like a four-to-one catch-and-shoot off-the-bounce three-point shooter to an even-off-the-bounce and catch and shoot. He's a better, he's an unbelievable catch and shoot, wide open three point shooter, about 42%. It'll be interesting to see um, whether or not he gets back to that. He has played, I think, 224 straight games. His last time he missed a game was December 16th, but I have to check my number on that. I did not update it. Jordan Clarkson, the San Antonio, Texas, second round draft pick. Career-high field goal percentage with the Jazz. Effective field goal percentage with the Jazz is the best of his career. Assist rate is the lowest. Not passing much. Just getting to the rim and scoring at 79% at the rim. Career was 63%. 3 to 10 feet, he was at 50% with the Jazz. Career was 44%. His shooting, been much more smart shots as in rim and threes. He's a career 34% three-point shooter. His three-point shooting had kind of begun to drip down to that career number of what he was. He was taking six threes a game, which is a career high. He'll continue to do that. Ed Davis hadn't played since February 1st. Emmanuel Moutier, career high 47%, career high 36% from three, playing career low 16 minutes a game. Played 30 as a rookie, 27 the year before in New York, and now down to 16 and been a total stud about it. Had 18 points in 18 minutes in his most recent extended performance in San Antonio. He will be in the nine-man rotation, I think. As Quinn Snyder said yesterday, he'll look to try to find a different rotations and combinations and things of that nature. We'll keep an eye on it on the radio broadcast tonight. It's a guy... Two and a half years in Denver, he shot 38%. He's now shooting 47 in Utah. George Niang, 
Another second-round draft pick. Last 34 games since December 24, since the Jazz shook things up, since the Jazz moved him from the three to the four, shooting 45% from the field and 42% from three. What a story. Waved by the Pacers on July 14th of 2017. Waved by the Warriors on October 14th. Signed by the Jazz in January of 2018. Worked his way the final 14 games of last year. And now a major piece of the puzzle. And Tony Bradley, who was playing so well late in the year and had such an unbelievable camps or you know reopen of this season. Pretty excited to see uh, what he's going to do. We'll see if we see Rajon Tucker Jawan, I think in order we'll see Jawan Morgan, then maybe Rajon Tucker and Jarrell Brantley, then Mia One. Um, I don't think we'll see Justin Wright Foreman. Um, we'll see what happens. I know that Jawan Morgan's of interest may be late in the scrimmage, but only 40-minute scrimmage limits what you're able to do in that. So that's your restart preview. We'll do it today, 6 o'clock on the radio. Tune in to Ron and I, AT&T Sportsnet. We'll be on as well. We're certainly excited to be back with you. Jazz basketball and the NBA is back. How fun was it to watch all of it? I had a great show with Ben Golliver on Locked in NBA. He talked about what it's like to go to a game in the bubble since he's there. So right now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast Locked On NBA. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.